Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Normally, Greg starts this show with a really nice intro, and uh, it's like, uh, blah, 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 I'm Greg Mahochko, blah, 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 Five Heart Podcast, blah, 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 then he says something about how his week's going, blah, 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 and uh, he has a much nice, you know, he has a radio guy voice. I don't have a radio guy voice, and then he introduces me, and I usually say something, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I try to be upbeat, but Thursday nights, man, uh, you're kind of shot by Thursday night when you get old, and I'm old, you remember? So, yay, it's Thursday Night Live from John's dorm room, joined by Todd, the other guy that joins us. And we're here to uh, talk about some Big Ten and Husker football-related stuff. Uh, this should be streaming live on Facebook, and if it is, ask us questions in the comments. Uh, this is the first time I've ever used a Zoom conference to stream live on Facebook, and I don't know really if it works or not. So we'll see. It's, you know, I like screwing around with technology. As you'll notice, uh, I am in my dorm room. I am in my trusty Jedi robe, which gives me superpowers, but unfortunately, it doesn't give me the powers to make the Big Ten reverse their stupid-ass decision to stop football and uh, figure out how they're going to play it. So that's where we are for right now. What do you think, Todd? Well, you know, it, it seems like every day someone else is uh, out in the media or you know, sending letters or whatever trying to have some influence on the Big Ten. Uh, to go ahead and start the season. But you've said it a number of times, John, over the past few weeks. Um, you're hearing from a lot of people except for the ones that are making the decisions. And, uh, you know, until the presidents or the chancellors, um, you know, you hear something from them, then I think you have to be skeptical. Now, that being said, I know that uh, in the last couple of days, I think it was uh, – Ted Carter from Nebraska came out with uh, somewhat of a statement that he thinks that there's going to be a vote shortly. Um, and then I, I didn't read the article, but I just saw a headline that uh, the president at Rutgers apparently uh, had some kind of a public comment where he's very content with the decision that the Big Ten has made. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I think that there probably is going to be Big Ten football. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath that we're going to have Big Ten football in October, uh, but hopefully uh, maybe something will happen in November. That would be that would be nice if it's if it's safe and if everything's ready to go. But um, it looks like Nebraska is not going to wait. Um, what I see today that they've purchased a bunch of rapid tests or something like that, and you know Nebraska's been ahead of the curve. On a lot of things. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I think that's just the nature of the University of Nebraska. Hell, they were ahead of strength and conditioning 
45 years ago when Boyd Epley got things going and, and uh, 40 years ago, probably, uh, you know, they've always been ahead of the curve and it looks like they're not going to wait around. They're going to get a testing process in place so that when they say go, Nebraska's ready to go. Yeah, I read the, uh, there was an article about the Rutgers president. Um, I would ask this, Todd, what is the difference between starting in October and starting in November around Thanksgiving? Well, you'd get your Halloween weekend game in, which I think is uh, something that's really cool for college football because I really do love seeing the student sections dressed up in Halloween costumes. Um, you know, I, that's something fun. So that would be one difference starting in October. You could probably get uh, two or three games in where you didn't have to bundle up like you were Nan Nook of the North out for a walk in Alaska. Um, so that would be a difference if you could start in October. Um, uh, yeah, Is there some kind of big event that happens between October 10th and Thanksgiving? Well, the whole country might be hinged upon. You know, <laughs> there are things that could happen. Besides Halloween, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> there are some things that could happen November 4th. And we may not have football <laughs> anywhere after November 4th. Who the hell knows where this country is going to be? Um, other than the fact we will not, I guarantee you this, on November 4th, we will not know who the next president of the United States is. That's not going to happen by November 4th. Maybe by the time Inauguration Day rolls around, we might actually know who the president's going to be. <laughs> I mean, should we address, we haven't addressed the 800-pound the gorilla, and that is... Do we really think, I mean, when you look at this right now, you had three schools vote in favor of playing football, Iowa, Nebraska, and, oh, and that other school. What the hell was it? Uh, big that school. That was Ohio State. Oh, those guys. Yeah. And then you had all the other schools voting against playing football. Now, do we, do we really, should we go into this, the politics of the situation? Because we well, usually try to avoid that. I, it depends if you want to go down that slippery slope. I threw it out there. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that, you know, the SEC is charging straight ahead. I mean, they're going to play. They will play no matter what. That's my opinion. Um, and you look at the, the politics of the, the states in the Southeastern Conference, and um, they all are, are very red. And you've got certainly something different um, in Big Ten country. And – College presidents, boards of regents, they, I'm not going to say they necessarily answer to a governor, but certainly they have to work closely with a governor. And a governor is going to have influence on their decisions. So did you, I didn't, you probably didn't see this, but apparently the Michigan governor, I can't remember what her name is, uh, did a, Whitmer, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. She did a proclamation that uh, you could not play sports without a face mask. And I mean a, a mask covering, you know, not, right. not a football face mask, but an actual covering, which, you know, basically, I don't know. I don't know if that makes it, it, it 
are you going to play volleyball with with the with a face mask on? Were you going to before this? Is well, that is that just is that a, is that was that a necessary proclamation or is that just like one of those proclamations you make when you want to jab people a little bit more? I, I think I think it could be a jab. You know, I I'm not sure, but um, you know, here in Nebraska, Scott Catholic has you know what the number one ranked girls volleyball team in the nation, high school volleyball team in the nation. And those girls are wearing masks in games. And, you know, their coach was interviewed and she said, we have too much to lose. We're going to do everything we possibly can to keep ourselves safe and healthy. You know, now, can football players play the game in Michigan wearing a mask? Well, in cold weather, a lot of those guys pull those gaiters up over their mouth and their nose. And they have um, – there's a high school team in, in Iowa I read an article about that they had a bunch of moms and community members sew these masks that fit inside of a helmet that are attached to the face mask that are cloth masks. Can, can you wear a mask and play football? I think you probably can. I guarantee you what, I would think that Michigan and Michigan State football players would happily wear a mask if they could get out on the football field and start smacking people around. You'll notice that uh, her proclamation uh, excluded professional sports. So apparently she was okay with jabbing high schools and she was okay with jabbing her universities, but she did not want to touch the Detroit Lions because of that massive, angry Detroit Lion fan base that wants to see their team get to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the year. There you go. Matthew Stafford is going to have a Hall of Fame year. <laughs> All right, what else we got? We got Rutgers. We got uh, you brought up uh, Nebraska's got rapid testing. There is football on tonight as the UAB Blazers take on the Miami Hurricanes. And I've uh, been watching that game. It's actually been not a bad game so far. Miami's ahead 14 to 7 at the half. Minnesota announced today today that they are cutting four sports they are cutting men's indoor and outdoor track and field that's two separate sports men's gymnastics and men's tennis well there you go with track and field which those two sports must have very large rosters of student athletes and they do not have full ride scholarships for every one of those athletes. So here you're cutting a sport where a large percentage of those student athletes are paying tuition, or at least part of their tuition, room and board, out of pocket. So, you know, when you cut a sport like that, you're taking money away from the university as well. Now, I understand that, you know, these losses that universities are going to suffer both on the academic side and the athletic side are immense. They're huge. But I think cutting sports um, is a knee-jerk reaction. And um, I've believed that for a long time because I'm, a, I'm an Olympic sport fan. I mean, I'm all about um, some of those minor sports, and it frustrates me when uh, colleges and universities that have athletic department budgets as huge as they are uh, that all that money doesn't need to go to, to two or three sports. They can, they could certainly spread the wealth. 
So it frustrates me, angers me. <laughs> so I've seen the comment uh, that long-term the United States is going to suffer in the Olympic sports area because of this. Do you think that, I mean, is it really going to suffer? Is it going to, is, is college the breeding ground for our Olympic sports, particularly in the Big Ten? Well, yeah, in, in many of them. But let's just take a second here. How many, um, well, I'm kind of going out on a limb here. How many of the international, let's just talk track and field. How many of the international track and field athletes that compete for other countries do come to the United States and, and compete at colleges and universities in the NCAA? Many of them do. And how many of those international athletes, even when they're done with college, as they continue their training, how many of them are training over here in the United States on college campuses with college track and field coaches? A very high number of them. So, you know, it, it's not only having a, it will have a negative impact on, you know, American athletes, it's going to have an impact on uh, international foreign athletes as well. Um, but yeah, that's the bread and butter. That's the system that we have in the United States. We do not have, you know, the club system like they do in European countries. Um, you know, I saw that kind of up close for the very first time when I was in Germany last summer. I've uh, stayed in a community, a town, small city called Uberlingen down by Lake Constance. And one of the people that I got to know over there, her daughter was a pole vaulter. And, you know, the, she didn't pole vault for her high school team. She pole vaulted for the club that was in Uberlingen. And um, it's, it's a whole different system. So in the United States, is, are we going to suffer with Olympic sports? I think it's, I think it's possible that we will. Because nobody cares about this until the Olympics roll around. And then, yeah. by God, we better be having more medals. It used to be Russia, the Soviet Union, but now yep. it's that billion-person country over there in Asia that, uh, I don't know, started this whole virus thing in the first place. Well, there, there you go. You know, if, so, <laughs> you know, there's the, the new conspiracy theory. This nasty virus was exported to the United States to ensure that that big nasty country over there would rise to prominence and dominate the medal count at future Olympic Games. I think there you go. That, that explains it all. Well, we don't have wars anymore. You have to, you know, you have to have your politics. You have to build your national pride on something. Well, you, know, you, you, know, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago, John, you know, you asked the question about the, you know, the gorilla in the room and, and politics. And, you know, this is just, to me, I, I find it laughable that we have open letters signed by legislators, by, you know, Donald Trump comes on and he's talking, you know, now, art of the deal, he's such a negotiator, he's been talking to the Big Ten Conference. I mean, all of these people are pandering for, for votes from, from Joe the Plumber, you know, John Main Street. And they think if they can uh, get a couple of votes from someone because they're going to come out publicly and, and say that the Big Ten needs to be playing football, I'm going to sign my name to this letter. That's a joke. That's bull crap. And, you know, I'm not happy that with, with necessarily with the Big Ten stance, but it's all grandstanding. 
it, 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 it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'll tell you what's disgusting is your anti-Americanness, sir. I wish I would have. I wish I was a better Alex Jones. You know that guy. I mean, he's. You know, kind of. I wouldn't go so far as the hoaxy stuff he's done that's been actually really hurtful to people. But you know, the the tinfoil wearing hat stuff is uh, is kind of fun. <laughs> Greg posts on Facebook. Uh, so this is what happens when I'm away, you jerks. Yes, Greg, this is what happens when you're away. Yeah. Yeah, but Greg, we were desperate. We, you know, without your structure and guidance, um, we, we'd be totally off the rails. We, we couldn't, we, we can't do it out without you, you know, so we had to do something. So we have, uh, we have Nate McHugh coming in, one of our other guys if he makes it in, if his computer actually works, if he can actually get his computer working, if he knows what he's doing. Uh, okay, so you think the state legislatures that are writing letters to the, to the Big Ten and all that stuff, this is just pretty much grandstanding on their part. It doesn't, have, so. it doesn't have any real uh, substance to it. It's not gonna have any influence over university presidents. Since no. you are the guy who's experienced with education and spent your year and your career in education, what would right now you have you're like me? I attack Kevin Warren. I think he's done a yeah. horrible yeah. job. I think I he's think been he has a I don't think that there's any way possible for him to hold his job later because the next time Kevin Warren, Warren walks out and actually says something of substance there's a good chance that nobody's going to believe him and nobody's going to listen to him and nobody should because he's lost his credibility. He spent the last, what, month in the bathroom downstairs? Nobody, I, my kids could go to the bathroom for a long time and I'd wonder where the hell are they doing in there? Kevin Warren's got to be in there wondering, you know, there's no paper left by this time. John, you know, I, I, I don't disagree. What would influence what would influence well university presidents to change their minds? Well, the easy the easy response to that is is to somehow reduce you know the incidence of you know reduce the spread of this virus. Um, But but right now you know I I've got really mixed feelings. I mean and you know I think that. I think it was a huge mistake for colleges and universities in a lot of our states to even think that they could open up campuses and bring all of those kids back on campus um, to provide them with their education. I I think that that was very short-sighted. I believe that many of the leaders recognize that they're already in dire financial straits. And if they didn't do something like that, you know, they're gonna be shuttering colleges and universities across the country. They already are, as soon as this thing passes. There's gonna be, uh, a lot of them are gonna shut down. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that I've kind of, I've kind of flip-flopped on this. You know, I was the guy who said that if you don't have students on campus, then you can't have football. Well, the more I've gotten to think about it, I agree with whoever the people are out there that are saying, well, what, how do you define a student? 
if if students are taking correspondence classes, are, are you know, or online classes, are they are they not students? And to me, like I said, I've kind of come full circle. I don't have a problem with colleges playing football, playing volleyball, if they can keep their student athletes safe, um, protect them from the virus to the best of their ability. I could care less if there's other students on campus. Um, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not used to doing this live, so uh, Nate, I think you can actually speak now. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I, I kept on muting myself so I could talk to my son. Um, I don't know. I know for Todd, you know, being willing to kind of like say, oh, yeah, I, I've changed my opinion. I think that's okay. I mean, I, my opinion seems to change daily, you know, and uh, it's just like I wrote today, I, you know, the article I published today that I, I'm more upset about the communication and everything that appears to have led up to the decision, not the actual decision itself, you know, and not that that matters, I guess, anymore. But um, it's, I mean, what, what was your question, John? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 what is going to influence the university? The, the university presidents are the ones that are going to make the decision whether or not we go back to having football or fall, fall sports, you know, which for Nebraska fans does include volleyball. Everybody loves that stuff. Uh, what's going to influence them to change their minds? I don't, I don't think much. Well, I think they're kind of like probably – I'm somewhat surprised that – I don't know if Michigan State thinks they're kind of coupled with Michigan. Michigan's president is an epidemiologist, and I think he's probably not going to move. Rutgers came out and said they're pretty much not going to move. And that's not a surprise. Um, I think the Illinois schools, uh, you've had some inklings that Northwestern was thinking about it. I don't know what could happen between now. That's my thing. Between now and Thanksgiving, which supposedly is, you know, people are fighting or some people are fighting the October date, but maybe Thanksgiving's okay. And I don't, what's going to be, the virus isn't going to go, we're definitely not going to have a vaccine. The virus isn't going to go away. And I think the January date, I think if you get to that point, you just got to say, we're just not having a season. Because unless they can show me, and I haven't looked into it, that that will not affect the 2021 season. And that's, I mean, if the, let's say the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC pull this off and they end up having a college football playoff, why would we play – I mean, we'd be – what, because the Pac-12 would come along with us and maybe we'd have a glorified Rose Bowl? I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't know what the purpose is in January. So, I don't know. I, I would just I would just like some communication. I would like, I don't know, something besides some statements from the Big Ten that – that they're like, 
yeah, we agree with you guys. We want to play safely, and we agree with you guys that we have the greatest finan- or the greatest medical institutions in the country and all that. And, like, you're not saying anything. So I just – I would wish they would just just give us something that's constructive, that has substance, that, that we can – helps us go forward, you know. But – the best thing I got out of today is I love seeing Greg with a collar on. So, um, I don't know, John, I guess you're running this Facebook live. The guy, Oh, and some cufflinks. There you go. Very good. Greg has joined us and he's wearing a dress shirt or something. <laughs> I want to say one well, thing. I, I think also something you asked the question, what's going to make him, what's going to convince him? If these other colleges can play two, three, maybe four ball games without having to shut things down, maybe that's enough to influence, you know, the, the presidents and the chancellors. I don't know. Now, the Big 12, they're not off to the best start because they've already postponed three of the games that we're supposed to play this weekend. But maybe, maybe what it will take is for the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 to get three or four weekends in with without a major shutdown maybe that's enough i i think that's a good point uh and now that as you're talking the thanksgiving day i think the thought of that is that most i think are all schools saying all students go home is that the idea a lot of them yeah and so and i'm like okay but you're still not going to be eligible for the college football playoff um, and I, and I kind of joked earlier this week that, well, Nebraska just was hoping to contend for the division, you know, that only kind of affects Ohio state, maybe Penn state, Michigan. And so, uh, you know, I, I just think what I, for my, me personally, I need, I want Scott Frost to be able to show, oh, by the way, we've made all this progress so he can sell the recruits. I don't want him to have to sell hope or something to the 2021 class again because there's nothing to show for. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Greg. Hi, Nate. Hi, guys. <laughs> Greg, you're looking great. Thank you. I'm feeling fat. <laughs> you should have a tie on or something, looks like. I had a tie on. Uh, I, I'm wearing my seatbelt because uh, I'm breaking a few rules right now. Maybe guidelines more than rules, probably. <laughs> I'm I'm zooming from my truck. Am, am I allowed to do that? Is it a work truck? Well, who are you no, asking? None of us are in charge of your life, you son of a bitch. What the hell? If you can't make your own decisions at this point, you're kind of screwed. All I'm saying is don't tell my wife. That's that's all. She oh, yeah. Be happy. That's my that's my one and only boss, guys. <laughs> Sorry. That was too much. So I just wanted to uh, say this completely unnecessary off topic thing. I have a new neighbor in my neighborhood and I drive by his house all the time and uh I've never got out and talked to the guy or you know talked to him on a walk. But he's always in, like working in his garage, restoring classic muscle cars. And I'm not gonna lie, it gives me like a little bit of a chub driving by and just seeing the uh, the the amount of 
good old fashioned American muscle that he's working on in his garage or driveway. So there you go. So you haven't talked to him. You don't know why he has this. He does this for a living or on the side. I think it's a, I think it's a hobby more than a, a, a job, but I mean, he, he's got money in, in his garage and, uh, I, Maybe I, he's I like to to drugs. He's running drugs. That's you what he's doing. It's pretty obvious that any guy that works on a muscle cars in his garage <laughs> is your neighbor in the state of Illinois, which really increases the probability okay. that he's running drugs. I, you know what? You, uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> respectfully disagree with you, sir. Right guns, too. <laughs> I can't remember if my uh, dome lights are going to turn off now. I'm home. Aren't you happy for me, guys? I, wait, you were happy for me. This is the content people are looking for. <laughs> hey, John. Yes? I just started playing uh, Rocket League, and I scored with, I scored within, like, 19 seconds. <laughs> we, you, you know, hey. we tried to get this eSports thing going. Yeah, so at there's, there's some context to that. So Hey, guys. It, We've tried getting this esports thing going, and uh, <laughs> Nate and I participated in a game against the <laughs> Iowa State team the other night, and we were in completely annihilated. Yeah. It's a level of <laughs> video <was> game. <laughs> I don't know. You need a ringer. Uh, we had one, but John and I were so bad, it didn't matter. <laughs> He was actually, yeah, our, our teammate was actually really good, but uh, we were not. He, he wasn't Michael Jordan good. That's the problem. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Or LeBron James, if you happen to be of that persuasion. Okay. What, the, uh, we, Minnesota's canceling sports. Oh, I know what else is in there. Uh, back to influencing university presidents, the Ohio State Attorney General, or Ohio state attorney general, as in the state of Ohio attorney general. The Ohio state attorney general? <laughs> the general for the state of Ohio. Yes. He's threatening to sue the Big Ten for monetary damages. I think he just, I think he just said like it was kind of a, oh, by the way, this is something to look into. Like it's political. He's just, he's just making political points, you know. I don't know. Is there something to that? You're a lawyer. I know. I don't want to. Let me ask you. you okay, listen. Okay. Okay. I'll eleven ask. out of eleven out of fourteen schools voted to not play football. Basically, they voted to not harm themselves. Am I correct in that statement? Uh, no. They 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 just voted not to have fall football. No, they voted to harm to not. They voted that they were not in harm. If you look at this from a contractual standpoint, they were not in harm. Yeah, don't you have to show harm when you do a lawsuit? You have to show that oh. you've been harmed in some fashion. No, you, you, no, I mean not always, but I, I thought you're talking about the vote to not have fall football, or you're just talking about lawsuits. I'm talking about a lawsuit. Okay, so. Uh, no, you don't have to show – you have to show an injury. There's got to be damages. There can be contractual damages, and I think that's kind of what um, 
Uh, his point was there's, you know, third party beneficiary type of, you know, damages. There's, I mean, there's implied things that are implied, you know, and all that stuff. So I don't know. Uh, but, but one thing that has, they have going for themselves is the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers GM saying that they are now more likely to draft someone who played college football in 2020 than not. Yeah. And so, um, but I, you know, one thing to me, the whole, it, it, if the big 10 followed their own procedures, I don't, I think there's not really much that you're going to be able to get out of them. But if they didn't, if you somehow can prove, and that's why you go through the discovery process that you can show that they did not follow their own procedures. Then all of a sudden there's, that's a can of worms. That just opens up, and I don't know. It to me, it's like asking. I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're gonna have to ask a judge, or I guess maybe a jury, or someone to make a determination that you that your decision to cancel fall sports was so out of bounds and so unsupported by scientific evidence that that was a negligent act in some way. And that because of that negligence, you breached your uh, duty and all this stuff and that your breach was the proximate cause and, you know, and then there's the order. But anyways, so. So um, the chances of that happening, bankrupt them, destroy the conference and, yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, part of, you know I love <laughs> because I because I, John I think you posted the article in the Slack chat room and I'm like yes let's do it you know let's sue them and to me I just go back to the fact that the Big Ten has been so unwillingly I mean so like uh, I don't know like we don't care you know what you think we're not going to tell you anything or you don't deserve to know anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. So let's, well, let's go then. Sorry if you hear my son. He scored, I think, or they scored. But, um, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, then bring what's coming. And if it destroys your conference, I guess it does. I don't know. And then we can go back to the Big 12, and then we could drive to games again. Wouldn't that be kind of nice? <laughs> but uh, wouldn't that be funny, though, if uh, – you know, just our little act of rebellion. I think – I do wonder – I wonder what you guys think. If Scott Frost in Nebraska doesn't have the united front on how we want to play football, does Ohio State come out and, and say, oh, we want to play football? I know some people think that they would, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Whoa. That's a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. You know, the the problem with it is, is uh, the decision makers in life are, are Todd and Mike's age. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're the guys who spent the 70s watching that 10-year war between Woody and uh, that other guy. <laughs> Woody and Bo, right? Yeah. And the nostalgia of that in Ohio State, Michigan, in the Big Ten Conference – uh, holds a lot of sway. So you would have to look at your buddies if you were an Ohio State guy that were – you'd have to look at your Michigan buddies that you give shit to every year 
and say, oh. yeah, we're no longer going to play you on a yearly basis. Okay. Nebraska did that, and I think actually it was a good move, uh, mostly because if you looked at that relationship, that relationship with Oklahoma was already destroyed when we went from the Big 8 to the Big 12. And that was an evolutionary process that had to happen because the Big 8 was going to die of its own accord anyway because everybody else was getting bigger. But um, <clears throat> the Big 10 split up like that. I think the thing is you have to realize about the Big 10 is it's, it's – what, what did we figure? They get $700 million per year in, in uh, per school – and uh, research academic research funds. So, you know, $700 million a year in academic research versus $50 million a year. Let's push it to $100 million a year in athletic fund support from a BTN network or from contracts on the athletic side. Uh, you're not going to ruin the big tent. Sorry. But, uh, I, I just, I don't see it happening even, you know, I don't see it happening even if you're Ohio State and you're angry. I would see that they get to a point and say, you know what, we're going to play football for a year and you're not throwing us out of this conference and that's how it's going to go because you got a weak-ass commissioner, bitch boy, he ain't come out of his bathroom and he doesn't talk to people, he has no credibility, he shouldn't be leading this conference anymore, he can go to hell. I can see Ohio State doing that at some point. The unfortunate part for them is I believe their, their president, the pe person that leads their school, uh, just started her job in the last few months as well. Right, Todd? I think so. I don't think she's been there all that long. Um, you know, I, and I don't know, you know, if, if, if there is – if those other three conferences, if they have what resembles a season – Whatever, whatever that looks like, however people define that. And if the Big Ten doesn't get any football in, you got to think there's going to be some kind of reckoning. I, yeah, but then again, if we fall back to things, you know, comments you've made before, John, you know, athletics is just a really small part of Big Ten colleges and universities. And many of those presidents – they're looking at the other side of things because the dollars are so much bigger there. I don't know, but it, you would have to think that there's got to be something that would, would come from this. And I, I don't know what it is. I got a question for you guys. I, I don't pay attention to West coast newspapers, but we know that the PAC 12, when they made their decision, they came out with, you know, what a list of 22 reasons or something like that. They were very transparent about why they made the decision and what it went into it. Are, are they bitching out there? Are people complaining out there? And, and don't give me that, well, it's just California and there are a whole bunch of liberals and they don't care about football. I mean, there's a lot of schools out there where football is very important. And I don't, you know, are, they said that, I mean, the commissioner out there, who's a piece of crap, he did come out and say that, with the rapid testing, that might influence a decision for the Pac-12. So why aren't we is, – is, you've been talking about the communication, and I think everybody agrees that communication has been a big issue here, the major issue, the number one problem. But did they do so much of a better job on, you know, on the West Coast 
And is that why? Or maybe is, am I missing something there? No, I think they did. I think they, you know, when you have a guy, a celebrity or somebody that gets in trouble and they're accused of things and they come out and they basically say, yeah, I was wrong. I screwed up. I did this. They do the apology. They don't get as much shit for it. You know what I mean? They don't get the, the months long versus worth of crap trying to hide, like Lance Armstrong maybe is a bad example because Lance Armstrong isn't as vilified now as he was, but he held on to the fact that he didn't do any doping for a very long time. And when finally the evidence mounted to the point that he could no longer deny it, people hated him for it. And yeah. it cost him a lot of credibility and it cost him a lot. So maybe when you look at the Big Ten and them sitting on their hands and not communicating, uh, that's really what's going to come out of this. I think that they're, you know, I wrote that article today about it, and part of it included stuff about attention span. Uh, I think they're really dependent upon us having a short attention span and that when college football does start up again, whenever that is, that we will have forgotten all about the fact that they didn't do anything for months. And then when they did do something, it was haphazard and poorly communicated, poorly thought out, poorly executed. And their guy that they chose to pay shitloads of money to sat in his basement bathroom for months and didn't come out, even though he ran out of paper a long time ago. They're going to depend. We're all going to forget about how bad the university presidents did at communicating. We're probably not going to forget about Kevin Warren, and that's why he's that guy, and he's going to be the fall guy ultimately. Uh, did the Pac-12 do a better job? Yeah, I, they did. Nobody's complaining about them. And, you know, and Pat Forty right now is a columnist for Sports Illustrated. He's kind of a chunk as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I mean, some of those guys are kind of having a field day with this, you know, and they are not having a field day with the PAC 12. They're not rubbing them over the coals. Well, I, I, so I'll have to fact check this cause I was listening to on the radio, um, regarding Pat 40, he might have, because remember he wrote that column and then the paragraph had that. Iowa and Nebraska were trying to put it to the Big Ten. He might have a daughter and son and swimming in Iowa or something. And so there might there might have been something there. Again, don't I could be wrong on that, but um my thought that the Pac twelve was is yeah, it's yeah, there's people love college football there and all that. But it, it's just been the response of leadership. I don't know. You've got you've heard more from the Pac-12 than the, the Big Ten and the Big Ten when you do hear from them they'll put they'll, they'll give you a 400 word statement that says nothing I mean it's like we're you know we're not idiots and uh, one thing though about the Pac-12 that rapid testing is oh, it's a game changer and the you know, um, the NBA have been using it for a while so it's that in the fact that the, the Big Ten hasn't tried to have some partnership in some way and the Pac-12 has, just to me is like more evidence. I don't think the Big Ten's even interested in having a football season. You know, I don't know. It's just like, 
you had five months. Obviously, we didn't know how serious it was, and we learned, and we learned, and we learned. But I, I would think it, I would have some contingencies, you know, of like, okay, um, maybe we need a test that takes you 72 hours is probably not going to work to play college football, you know. And now we have a league in the NBA that has that test that's like a 20-minute window. I mean, maybe we should, I don't know, make some phone calls. I don't know. So, uh, Pac-12 is just, you know, I think they're kind of hitching their wagon to the Big Ten because there's always been that relationship. But Larry Scott, you know, for whatever, you know, he has, he's not that well-liked. But to their credit, they were much more transparent than the Big Ten ever even tried to be which is why I think people are so upset about it. Okay, from the beginning of this article in, in NewJersey.com or NJ.com, here's the opening line. Jonathan Holloway is gobsmacked by the blowback the Big Ten has received for its decision to postpone its football season. That is the opening few words of this article. You know, and Kevin Warren also stated at one point that he was shocked at how much outrage there was. Do you really – now, I get – maybe we can look at Rutgers and go, okay, it's Rutgers. They suck at everything sports-related pretty much. They used to have a decent women's basketball team, but uh, they're pretty much crap all around. And they have an academic side that really does uh, not appreciate the fact that they're buried in debt in their athletic department just to have big-time college football. You, you can kind of forgive a, a newer college president at Rutgers for saying that. Again, Kevin Warren says that, and you, you know what? No, you can't forgive Rutgers. You're a president. You're not. A, he used to play football for the University of Stanford. He knows what big-time college football is how much attention it garners. So for him to say that, are they all dumb? Are they all just politicians? You know, can you really say that and have any credibility after that? I cannot believe that those colleges, that the presidents and the chancellors, I can't believe that their heads were so deep in the sand that they did not, that they are shocked by the blowback. Um, but maybe that's just, you know, the Big Ten, almighty Big Ten. Um, maybe it's just that persona that they, you know, a curtain they've lived behind. I don't know. But it's kind of neat to see Nebraska out in the front of the rebellion. Well, they are pretty proud of their academic research. All right. We're not – we're not getting a lot of questions on Facebook, but this is the first time we've ever done a live. We might do this more often, uh, mostly because we're going to try have to try to figure out how to get through the rest of this. And we, we're looking at, I mean, it's mid-September already pretty much. Uh, we're looking at at least another month, October and, well, honestly, November before we know if we're going to have any sports whatsoever. So we are going to have to have some uh, content to deliver to people. Uh, have you guys got anything else for tonight? I got a question about, about just how maybe some irony here. Um, you know, 
the NCAA came out and said that they weren't going to have any championships in the first semester of the school year. And let's talk about, you know, Nebraska's second favorite sport, volleyball. And, you know, John Cook had been on the record for a long, long time saying that he'd love a spring volleyball season. He's been very much in support of that. And you even hear Bill Moose talking that maybe they can convince the NCAA to have a national tournament in the spring, and maybe they can host it in Omaha. Then tell me if that's the conversation that's going on. Why are the SEC conference schools playing volleyball this fall? How does that make any sense? I did. I. I. That's that's a a sport that. I, I had no idea that they still were. I guess to me, I always, in my mind, you know, like the bubble you live in is, I guess I just thought that the SEC would, had canceled all those fall sports. Now, I, I should have probably fact-checked it before I said it, but I read in an article that – You might be right. You might be right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I that's, that's very interesting. I guess I, I had not thought of that. Um, I, you know, I guess you just, yeah, I guess I just assume that pretty much almost all fall sports were canceled except for football around the country. Maybe, and you know, you might be right. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, it's like I can only have so much energy to keep track of, <laughs> you know, like I'm supposed to be on a podcast about Nebraska basketball and like I can barely keep track of that. So it's like, you know, I'm glad that other people can keep track of other sports. But uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of, I never even thought of that. Hmm. We do have a question on Facebook that asks, how will the Big Ten handle scholarships compared to other conferences? Well, you, um, you know what? I'm going to send an email to, to Commissioner Warren, and I'll see <laughs> if he responds to that. Uh, and, and historically, the Big Ten has not been willing to be very – flexible as far as like over signing and things like that um where the sec has been just fine with that i assume that the ncaa is going to have to provide some flexibility um whether that's going to allow them to hold a whole bunch more scholarships on wisconsin uh, barry alvarez mentioned that it's like hey guys sorry life sucks you seniors see you later type of deal. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It's your, your guess is as good as mine as is with most of the stuff that's going on with the big 10. <laughs> I, I can't believe that all the big 10 schools are going to be able to honor all of those scholarships. That that's going to be a pretty they, good chunk of change. They've already announced that they will for the 2021 20, year. In other words, for this year, they will honor all of their scholarships because yeah, but it's the next year is what the next we're year. asking. Yeah, it's the following year, twenty twenty one. These seniors who would be graduating who are on scholarship are they going to allow be allowed to stay on scholarship type of deal? I think is the question. Well, they get an extra year of eligibility, but they well, still have to come up with the dollars. I, I that's I don't know. I think you'll see coaches that will try to whittle the number of seniors down. Yes. Yep. Uh, you know, they'll look at 
who, who are going to be your contributors, I think that they'll whittle that number down. Baseball, coach, baseball coaches do it all the time. <laughs> they, I think the operative phrase that you're not saying is run them off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like an example, and it's not to be fair to him, but it's like Christian Gaylord. Offensive lineman for Nebraska. He's a senior this year, right? It's kind of like, you know, hey, man, you know, we got a bunch of guys coming up. You know, you could stay if you want, but we're going to need that scholarship type of deal. I don't know. I think, you, I think you're right. Well, you, you could compare this to what happened when Scott Frost came as coach. I mean, you had players like uh, Matt Snyder, who was a tight end, who – Basically, they looked at him and said, you're not going to have an athletic scholarship anymore, but you will have an academic scholarship to replace it. And, yes. Yep, yep. And Matt Snyder got basically his school paid for you know, along with his grad school, which, it, you know, it's a damn good deal for Matt Snyder. He didn't get himself beat up playing any – well, not playing any more football. I think he got injured quite a bit. But, you know, if you're going to do right by student athletes, that's how you're going to handle it. I know that uh, all of these athletic departments are going to experience uh, a lot of financial difficulty, but let's be honest. This, uh, the guy who asked this question, this is actually a big can of worms. And it points to why Nebraska is one of the better run athletic departments in the nation. One of the things that Nebraska is not going to have a problem with that a lot of other schools is going to have a problem with is uh, debt service. And what I mean by that is we had, we're going to start on a $150 million expansion, you know, and everybody is building these Taj Mahal facilities. And a lot of schools have gone into a lot of debt in the process of building those Taj Mahal facilities. Well, now they're going to look at uh, how are we going to pay for this stuff? A lot of schools are going to have to take out loans. So they're going to have to service their debt. Uh, that's going to hurt them in the long run. And probably is going to play into how we're going to handle scholarships. I would think that when you the guy asked the question, how is the Big Ten going to handle scholarships? I would think that you'd eliminate the concept of the Big Ten handling the scholarships. And I'm talking about monetarily how they handle each student athlete. Uh, I think you're going to look at how does each school handle their student yeah, I would agree. I agree 100%. Do they do what Nebraska does where they make the where they say, well, you're no longer going to be an, on an athletic scholarship, but we are going to pay for your school? And I think that's the proper way to do it. And I think oh. Nebraska will do that. Uh, when we come out of this pandemic, and we will someday, but it will be a while, I believe that in the future – you know, because you're looking at how does this harm the Big Ten Conference in the long run? How does this harm Nebraska in the long run? Nebraska needs to come out of this by doing the right things because I think in the future, parents will remember that. And if you want to do a good job of recruiting and you want to make up for your recruiting uh, deficiencies like being in the middle of nowhere, one of the things you need to do is do the right thing by kids. And parents will recognize that five years from now. They'll go, hey, remember when we had problems and Nebraska still took care of their student athletes? You know, Wisconsin didn't. Fucking Rutgers didn't. Rutgers didn't give a shit. 
Michigan go to hell. And then there's all them SEC schools that had bag men, and they just paid their student athletes, but they didn't give a damn about giving them an education for life. Son, you're going to Nebraska. So <laughs> that's how we're going to come out of this thing smelling a lot better than a lot of our other conference mates and other athletic departments around the nation. How's that? For I should we're going. I'm going to run for office. <laughs> I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's a long question to answer that question. Long question to answer the question. That works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any, anything else? Nope. I got nothing, John. He's good. <laughs> what about the kid there? Does he have any questions? Ethan, do you have any questions? <laughs> any questions <laughs> this is john by the way right here i played with him on rocket league that's the john this guy right here <laughs> john did if he start school couple... this week oh no he's been in school for a while oh that's right you guys started like in august yeah we, we uh yeah anyways they wear a mask everywhere and all that so well, my Brighton son started uh, this week at the University of Minnesota online classes, and one of his – He's at home, right? What's that? He's at home, though, right? Yes, he is. It's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, started his online classes, and, and one of his professors really doesn't know how to use the technology, and it's uh, he showed me some of the presentations the guy has done. I'm not going to name the class, but uh, it, it's it's not good. I can't believe that they're paying the same level of cost they are for this stuff that they would for, uh, you know, person-to-person -person teaching. Makes you wonder if they're going to be able to keep doing that, you know? If, like, I think, if they... Go ahead, Todd. I think they're going to through the semester. I think they're in, and I think they're going to – Go through the semester. I, I don't think there's any turning back at this point. No, I mean like next like next year if oh, like it's still around, still being able to charge the full tuition for online type of deal. If this is you know still here, I have something that's I don't know maybe. Well, my son's three weeks in at Iowa State, and it's it's not going well. Yeah, is he at home? No, he's living in Ames, actually. But. Are, they, are they keeping him uh, locked on campus or anything like that? No, he lives off campus, but he still has one class that meets multiple times a week on campus. Is it a lab? Or something? Uh, no, no. Um, but it's a small class. There's not, you know, it's not a big lecture class. Um, and he's got another class that meets on campus. Well, he's, he's a TA. And so he actually goes on campus twice a week on, on two separate days uh, for two different, two different sections and does TA work. But his online stuff, they, they, those people were never trained, you know, to no. do that. Yeah. I think what you'll see happen for that is if this goes on for a while, what I mean by two, three years, I mean, students, I mean, you remember being in college, you talk to other people about what classes to take, right? 
And then you ask the other guys, well, you took this from Professor Bob last semester. How was he? And your, you know, your, your, your dorm mate would go, he, the guy was a jerk. And, uh, you know, if it was a class you weren't required to take, you didn't take the class yeah. based upon what your other students said about how the professor acted. I know that they all do these grades now where they grade the professor and stuff. But you know damn yeah. well they don't put word of mouth stuff on those things. So I would guess that those professors, unless they're bringing in shit tons of research dollars, which is why a lot of them are professors, they will be run off by that institution because in, over the long run, over the next three to five years, those professors will start costing their institutions more money than they're worth. So they will look at them and go, you know, Professor Bob, you've been around for a while. It's about time to retire. You Things are looking pretty good. We've got a package for you. If you want to sign this in the next month before the next semester starts, we'll give you the package. If you don't want to sign it, well, you're just uh, taking your chances there, Bob. What do you want to do? We can give you a gold watch or something, maybe a party, virtual. Why is it always a Bob with you? I never said, what do you mean? Because it's easy to say, even when yeah, you're drunk. Okay. So, right. you know, for years, you know, if you're intoxicated, just say Bob, because Bartholomew when you're drunk is horrible. <laughs> All right. Jim. Yeah. Sometimes it's Jim Bob. <laughs> Depends on what, what part of the region of the country you're from. All right, should we be done? Probably should. Yeah. Well, I was hoping people would actually join us that weren't us, but that didn't happen. But this is the first time you do something. Uh, you know, you never know how it's going to go. Well, you we can go finish your pizza, John. What kind of pizza? <laughs> John, I, what? Oh, it's a pillow. Okay. See, it's a, it's a stress pillow. My wife bought me. Oh, that's really cool, actually. You do this, and it it turns into things. And if that, that's if cool. I, and if I was coordinated, rubbing this pillow, I'd be able to s spell out nasty words in it when I made it red. But I'm not that coordinated. Uh, my son has a pillow like that, except for it's just a one color. So. Uh, it doesn't look like a pizza. Look at that. You can rub it and it looks like a pizza. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have this, to impress the children listening to the Five Heart Podcast. Ooh. All right. I'm, I'm done if you guys are. Okay. Uh, how do we end this, Todd? Do you remember? Uh Five hearts. John Johnston and Nate McHugh. This is Todd Wolverton signing off. That's great. <laughs> go big red. Yeah. There you go.